Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. That's right, boys and girls. You know what time it is and you know where you are. This is Tyler Chef, and I am the host of the Cashflow Guys Podcast. And guys, this week we're going to talk about the three things you absolutely should not do if markets collapse. Now, what am I talking about? Do I think markets are going to collapse? I have no idea. I'm not that smart. You guys know that. But realistically, there's a lot of folks talking about market crash right now. All kinds of crazy stuff going on in the news. God knows what, who's doing what, where, and we have no idea what's going on. We don't know what the, whether what, the, what news cycle makes sense, doesn't make sense, what's honest, what's fair, what's truthful, what's fact, what's fiction. All of this is up in the air. We don't know, right? All we can do is you check one source. I, I do this every once in a while, guys. I read the, you look at the, the Wall Street Journal and you see a headline. Then you go over to Fox News, you see the same subject, different headline. Then you go to CNN and see something completely different across the board. Uh, blows your mind. You don't know what source to follow. So well, unfortunately, we use news sources. We use the headlines. We use what we learn in social media, what we see on social media to make financial decisions. I've done it. We all do it. And uh, this episode, we're going to talk about three things you shouldn't do. If you get wind of market collapses. Now, as far as real estate markets, guys, you're not going to know. Don't try to time the market, first of all, okay, before we get started. Don't even try to time the market. Number one, nobody's that smart. Number two, you don't know you're at the bottom of a market until you see a recovery. So you're never going to know in advance when a market has reached the bottom until it starts to recover. And if you're trying to capitalize on the bottom of a market, well, guess, guess what? If you see that the market is is starting to come back up, they, guess what? You missed it because you can't time that stuff. You just can't. So let's get back to the what we shouldn't do. First of all, uh, we should not, absolutely should not panic. And I know it's easy for me to say sitting here beautiful Key West chilling out where the rest of the world goes on with all kinds of craziness. But seriously, guys, people told me during the uh, last financial crash when Wall Street went haywire, they, you know, they, I heard this, I lost blank. I lost all this money. I, I lost my ass when the housing market crashed. I lost my ass in the dot-com bubble. I lost my money in the, I don't know, depending on who you're talking to, the Great Depression, whatever. You don't lose money on an investment, first of all. It's impossible to lose money on an investment, really, if you think about it, if you don't sell when it's down, right? So ask yourself, and this doesn't matter whether you're in stocks or in real estate, people lose money when they panic, when they ha they feel forced to make a decision, when they get that phone call from their stockbroker that, by the way, guys, very rarely happens. Unless you're a big deal, stockbrokers aren't going to call you because you know these days, unless you get a lot of money, they're not going to bother you because they know you can go do it online yourself. They're going to collect their fees no matter what. They're just not going to be so uh, so upfront and honest about it and put it in your face so you don't know what the fees are. But you're not going to – the market crashes. Let's say you own, I don't know, Microsoft, and maybe you own Apple, and maybe you – let's see what else is sexy right now in the stock market. Tesla. St Tesla is sexy depending on the hour. And you hear that, oh, my God, Elon Musk actually is a rabbit. He's not a human being. He's a rabbit. And um, he doesn't like carrots. And now he's got COVID. So that makes the stock market tumble. Or just talk about Elon Musk. Maybe Elon Musk says that he doesn't like Coca-Cola anymore. Maybe he doesn't think that Coke should have gone woke. And he says that he's no longer going to drink Coca-Cola. And he's going to switch all of the uh, Coca-Cola machines at all the Tesla facilities over to Pepsi, right? What will that do to the price of the shares of Coca-Cola? Well, if Elon Musk doesn't like it, good for God forbid, 
everybody should panic and sell because everything will drop. And that's unfortunately what's happening. It's happening in cryptocurrencies. It's happening in stock. I hope he doesn't get involved in the real estate market. Dude, just leave our industry alone. Go, go. It's cool. You want to wipe out the cryptocurrency folks. That's cool. I got some cryptocurrency, but I'm in it for the long haul, long haul anyway. I'm not day trading that crap. Uh, I just sit on it because I think the technology is cool. And um, that's that. But if things go south, if your Coca-Cola stock goes gets cut in half, don't sell. Don't sell at all. And people say, well, I have to sell because I need the money. What do you need the money for? Now, granted, if you're the type of person that's out there buying stocks on margin and you got run yourself a little thin and they call do a margin call, well, I get it. But where else can you get the money from? Maybe you're shorting stocks and suddenly you got to produce a lot of stocks and you got to sell other stuff to, to buy back your short position. Um, that's a thing. That's a real thing. And frankly, from what I'm hearing, and I don't know because I'm not like, again, I'm not really in the stock market at all, uh, at least not enough to be important. I only invest really in blue chip stuff, long-term stuff, Apple stuff like that. That's me, right? Because I don't know anything about the stock market. I don't have the time, interest, or the energy to research it. It's just not my thing. I like real assets, things I can touch, tangible things. Uh, that's why I invest in real estate, right? Uh, cryptocurrency for me is not so much an investment. It's just a means to move my money out of the U.S. dollar into something else that I can then use to trade for things that I want. Um, I'm not trying to get rich off of Bitcoin, Ethereum, or any of that stuff. I'm just going to use it as currency down the road. That's my thing. But what is to be gained from selling? And you have to ask yourself this. And coming soon, you're going to see more and more and more. They're turning up the heat. They're making the, the headlines 10 times worse than they ever thought of being in the past. So you're going to have to do a real good job of kind of closing one eye and thinking twice before you make radical decisions. Maybe you have a property, a second home or something like that, and you're thinking, Oh my God, the market's going to crash. I'm going to lose all my equity. Well, no, you're not going to lose your equity unless you sell when your equity's down. So if the market is down and you sell your property, well, that, and you don't really, in your, you know, your hair's not on fire and it's not an emergency and you don't need uh, to have your, send your grandmother to surgery, then just don't sell. Let, if you're having a tough time covering the mortgage, maybe you think your job is in jeopardy or maybe, I don't know, who knows? Whatever your reason may be, think twice about it before you put that property up for sale. If it's a rental property, maybe you change tenants. Maybe you raise the rent. The old tenant moves out. New tenant moves in. Maybe you take out an equity line of credit. You do a rehab on it. Uh, change the rent amount. Raise the rents. Do whatever. If it's a second home and it's currently sitting vacant and you're not using it enough, maybe you got that little cabin at the lake. Or if you're like me, you have a cabin in the woods. Maybe it makes sense if you're having a tough time covering the mortgage. Instead of selling it, rent it out. Now, I say that. I would never rent out my property, my little cabin in the woods. No way in hell I'd let some stranger go to that property. No, it's my happy place and you're not touching my fire pit. No, just stay away. It's my cabin. I built it. Leave me alone. But if I'm not in a tough financial spot, so I, that's for pretty easy for me to say. I guess if I was in trouble and maybe Jill needed surgery or something, I would think about selling the property. Realistically, would I sell the property? No, I would probably leverage the property. What, what does that mean? Well, I'd go take a home equity line on it. Maybe I would talk to somebody that has an IRA that's underperforming and wants to use, um, give me a, a loan from their IRA, and I would give the, uh, a lien against that property for collateral. Think of your assets, guys and girls, as collateral. Same thing goes with silver and gold or any type of other precious metal. You can use these things as collateral to borrow money. You can actually, I read this in a book recently, you can, if you have silver and gold holdings or platinum, 
you can use that precious metal as collateral to guarantee a loan, which means maybe you've got sketchy credit and you need to borrow money for in a hurry. Instead of selling your house, you could pledge your precious metal. Um, you have to turn the, the stuff over to them. They hang on to it for collateral, kind of like a pawn type situation. And they'll loan you money on that. Speaking of which, there's such a thing as a pawn shop. It's not just on TV, silver dollar pawn. That's a real thing. Not that I recommend you do that because the cost is pretty high. I've never actually pawned anything in my life, but I've bought things from pawn shops and I knew a guy that was a pawn dealer and he had a really nice house. So I'm imagining he makes a pretty good spread or a yield on what he's doing. This all comes down to getting creative, rolling up your sleeves, figuring out who in your community has money that needs to get moving that maybe you can pledge something as collateral and take a loan to cover that, to bridge that, 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 the situation. Um, when you sell an asset, you're done and you're not going to chances are, especially now we've seen the highest increase in re real estate prices ever. Okay. Ever. And I know there's lots of stories out there of people that have sold stock when they were pennies or a couple dollars a share. And now they're way uh, over the moon and they're not affordable and they regret that decision. So think about the other strategies you can do. You can put into play to get what you need, right? To get, use what you have to get what you need. That's what Peter Fortunato uh, one of my mentors says, you use what you have to get what you need so you can afford what you want. And that is absolutely true. When we make quick decisions, when we make irrational decisions, there's usually a consequence. And half the time, the consequence is far more painful than the actual decision-making process itself. Um, that said, when you invest in stocks, you know, there's several types of stocks. There's more of the high risk or the or the, the sketchy stuff or the 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 uh, things that are more speculative. And then there's the things like the, they call blue chip or growth stocks, right? Maybe you invest in a fund. Not that I'm a big fan of that. And I don't endure. I, I'm not, not a fan of stock investing at all, but it's something's better than nothing. Heck, there's such a thing as U S savings bonds. Yes, that's still a thing. Believe it or not. They still have U S savings bonds. I looked into them lately, uh, long about a week or two ago, I was, I was doing some research and I thought, what, I wonder what bond yield is right now. Well, it's not exciting. I can tell you that. But if you need a place to put money where you don't want to touch it easily anyway, think about maybe looking at a savings bond or buying a U.S. Treasury bond or something like that. That's an option. Think about CDs. Again, you're not going to get rich off of these things, but it's a way to make your money inconvenient to spend. Think about investing in maybe somebody else's deal. Maybe you got 10, 15, 20, 50 grand sitting around doing nothing. You're not happy with the yield. I bet you if you went to your local real estate meeting, you could probably find somebody that needs money or needs capital for a deal. And when you have that capital and you find somebody that maybe is good at the rehab or good at buying properties, um, hell, there was a thing, and this is a great investment opportunity, I think. This used to be done back in the 70s and the 80s, a guy by the name of Gary Halpert. It's somebody that I have followed and studied his writings and his teachings for years and years. He's a world-famous copywriter, probably the most prolific and talented copywriter on the planet. When he used to do to, to come out with a new advertising campaign is he would get someone to fund the deal for him. Just like you fund a real estate flip, he would need a lot of money to do a big mailing. Like say he's going to mail to, I don't know, 30,000 people. So if it costs, let's say, I don't know, a dollar, a dollar per, uh, per person to buy the, the information and then send a mail piece to them. That's, that's average about a dollar by the time you buy the list. And then you put a mail piece out to them for one mailing, you're doing 30,000 people. You're looking at $30,000. And for a lot of folks, that's a big chunk of money. Maybe that's something you're not comfortable putting on a credit card. Well, 
you can reach out to people that have money sitting around, lazy money, doing nothing, and say, hey, would you like to invest in this opportunity? Now, if it hits, I'm going to give you blank percentage of the profit. So let's say somebody invests $30,000, and if it, and you're going to make, I don't know, a million dollars. If if you get a good buy-in rate, well, that ain't too bad. Maybe you're going to get, I don't know, $100,000. So maybe you give the person a hundred thousand or, you know, they give you 30,000 to invest in the mailing. And and granted, it's more like an angel investment, which means you don't have to pay it back if nothing sells, but the first 30,000 goes to them to pay them back and make them whole. And then anything over that, they get a percentage of the profit. And I don't know what the percentage is. You figure that out. It's up to you. It's your widget, whatever you're selling, whatever. But Gary would say, Hey, every dollar that comes in, uh, the first, however much money it costs to do the campaign comes to you. So you get made whole and then we split the difference. So it, chances are the guy's a great copywriter. He's got, they're going to get paid back. The question is how much profit are they going to get on top of that? That could be as simple as, hey, um, you can get all your money back plus 20% uh, return or 20% of all the profits, right? Not 20% of your money, but 20% of the profits. Well, if the if you take do a $300,000 uh, in sales volume, well, that can turn out to be a pretty healthy in, uh, return. That's not That's not too shabby. So think about how you can be creative with this stuff, guys, um, how you can in, invest in other people's ideas. I have people, I have one of my students right now in her circle. I'm going to have her on the show here soon. She buys RV parks. RV parks are kind of out of the box. Not really. They are mainstream these days. But as far as an investment vehicle, that's something that in the past, a lot of folks have done, bought existing parks. They go to a bank and now they're getting more into the private money thing. And these are tangible, real assets. And let me tell you, these are cash cows. If you ever thought about investing in a in an RV park, not necessarily a mobile home park, but an RV park, then shoot an email to info at cashflowguys.com. I'll introduce you to her, and uh, you guys can chat and see if you can work something out. If you want to learn part of the journey, and she's out there skinning her knees and learning new stuff, and she's taught me a lot of stuff about RV parks that I didn't know. I thought that I can assure you. She's out there doing the work. Then pick up the phone. Sometimes, you know, even a little bit of money can yield a huge return if you invest in someone when no one else would think about that. Let's say, for example, um, I don't know, you're going to do a, you're going to open a, a nightclub and you work it out to where you don't have to pay the lease right away. And somebody loans you the money to buy the booze that you need to open up. Okay. That's a thing. Uh, people do that. Not all the time, but it does happen. And then the person that does the loan obviously gets the first money coming in to get themselves paid back or a portion of that, a large portion of that money to get made whole. And then you can share the profits. But guys, things are going to be changing and have been changing quite a bit. And a lot of this stuff, you know, we're seeing a lot of stuff on the news. And in my opinion is it's a massive distraction. These things are out there to distract us. Uh, all these news cycles, all these stories, every time the president opens his mouth, I cringe. But we know that 90% of what we hear, and probably 95% of what we hear out there is bullshit. Let's be honest, it's bullshit. It's a distraction. It's to keep your eye off of other things that are happening behind the scenes. And I'm talking about economic things. I don't really pay too much attention to the other stuff except for the economic stuff because that does impact me. I own properties. I own businesses. I pay taxes. These are things I pay attention to. But when you hear news, don't panic. If you're on YouTube and you're searching uh, the subject line or subjects of the, or the names of the videos. And you look at the thumbnails and people like that. Oh my God, the sky is falling. Look on their face. 
It's to get you to click, right? It's a marketing thing, but that doesn't mean you need to run out and sell your investment property or dump your stock portfolio. Or if you got cryptocurrencies that you dump your cryptocurrencies before they all go away. Here's the thing, guys. I think it would be a stretch for, to say that cryptocurrencies are going to go away. I think the technology is far too robust and too important to the future for cryptocurrencies to go away. So if you're a Bitcoin person, Bitcoin person, excuse me, and you have Bitcoin, and let's say Bitcoin is in the toilet right now. Before this episode, I looked, it was like 42 or something like that. And I just, it seemed like just about a month ago, it was in the 60s or 70s. It was way up there, which of course is when I bought a lot of it. But um, okay, it's down. Does that mean I'm going to sell it? No, I, I was in it for the long haul anyway. I don't care. So I'm sitting on it. Now, I bought silver and gold and other stuff, and I and I happened to buy that stuff right, and now those prices are climbing, so I'm a happy camper. And likely those prices will fall again. But here's the thing. I'm not going to dump my cryptocurrency. I'm not going to dump my precious metals just because I see the numbers falling. That's what creates the race to the bottom. And if you're in these chat groups like on Webull and all these other investing sites, you got a bunch of, you got the blind leading the blind. You got people on there that are intentionally manipulating your thoughts by either puffing something up to make it sound better than it is or making something sound worse than it is. Maybe they're trying to short it or whatever it works out. Don't sign on to that stuff, guys. Do your own independent research. Bottom line is there is always opportunity in every market, down markets, up markets. It doesn't matter. I don't care whether you're in Honolulu, Honolulu, Hawaii, boy, I can't talk today, or Ottumwa, Iowa. There is opportunity everywhere. People said there was no opportunity in Key West. Well, I call bullshit on that. There's lots of opportunity on Key West. Speaking of which, you want to join us on our webinar. It comes out next week, the 27th, I believe the date is. Go to keywestcashflow.com. Make sure you register, keywestcashflow.com. I look forward to seeing you guys there. We're going to talk about all kinds of stuff. We talked about it on the show two weeks ago. I can't wait for you guys to get out there and and uh, roll up your sleeves and ask ask good questions. If you have questions before then, you want to get on a call with us, you can go to keywestcashflow.com forward slash call. And I want to give a shout out to uh, my favorite new radio station, Tiki Man Radio. Go to tikimanradio.com, take a listen, and chill. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.